You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. All right, so we're talking about kids today. I thought maybe a good place to start with this, Jay, is just kind of summarizing our own situations makes sense yeah so why don't you give us the the lowdown for people who are just tuning in and don't know your personal situation what's what's the family situation yeah so uh, my wife and I have a daughter uh, she'll be 16 before too long and is a sophomore in high school okay and my How about si- you yeah uh, my wife and I have two boys uh, one's a sophomore in high school and one's a senior and um, yeah the seniors getting ready to go off to college sophomores uh, Oof. not far behind so that's kind of like in part, that's kind of what set our five date a little bit. Not totally, yeah. but <laughs> and people ask us this quite a lot, right? How do you teach your kids about money? How have you told them about FI, your net worth, all these things? What's the best way to back into this? You know, because I feel like you and I, I mean, we're the best parents in the world, of course. Oh, absolutely. For, for our kids. Course. Yeah, medals. And- <laughs> but we, I think we're... I mean, we're not the the model parents, I would say, when it comes to teaching our kid about finances. Uh, and and I think, you know, maybe in sharing some of our stories, it'll help people feel that they can relate to us maybe a little more because um, we certainly don't have this figured out, but we are navigating it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, first of all, I'm super glad you put it that way. And it's not like we planned that, but I love the, I have this feeling that you've come to the same conclusion I have, which is you listen to some of these podcasts about yes. some of these sort of fire paragons who are otherwise wonderful teachers, but the way that they describe educating their kids and it just seems like they're just amazing at it and their <laughs> kids are just financial wizards already which makes me feel like I'm doing something terribly wrong because despite best efforts I think it's not like all these lessons uh, sink in the first time out we are dealing with children and eventually teenagers after all right yeah and I feel in many ways like a teenager in the fi space I mean I just came to this so I've made so many financial mistakes. We've, we've recounted these in previous episodes. Um, and you know, we're both still learning these things. So it's, uh, yeah, we definitely don't have it figured out. And, um, I'm trying to, in many ways, put myself back in the position of my kids. Like when I was 15 and 17, the, the furthest I thought about finances in those days was like, how do I get gas money to give to you? Which I don't think I did very often, but no, I don't think you gave me gas money very often at all. (laughs) I don't even, I don't think I've thought about that in 25 years, but uh, yeah, it's very true. You know, um, I think when, when you sort of think about, you know, your parents and the things you learned from your parents financially, I think people fall into kind of two camps here, right? It's either like I saw what they did and my, I modeled my financial life after theirs. They taught me some good you know, lessons. And the, the other camp is I saw what my parents did and I want nothing to do with what they did. Um, where do you think you've, you fell into? Hmm. I mean, is that true? Do you think that's true or no? I think there's a lot of merit to it. I mean, if I just think about financial lessons I learned growing up, um, I think, you know, we've talked about some of this before, but it's, you know, the value of working hard yeah. and, you know, it producing the outcome that you were going after. And, 
I would say certainly not wasting money, right? Being thoughtful. Uh, I, we didn't have piles of money to throw around. So I think when bigger purchases were made, they were pretty well thought through and they were impactful and, you know, we got a lot of benefit out of them. Um, so I think those are definitely good lessons that I got. How about you? This totally resonates with me, the idea of, you know, working hard, because that's all I saw my parents working hard and, yeah. and the value of hard work. It was there was nothing uh, more valued probably in our house than hard work. And what my parents failed to teach me, I think, was the, the value of working smarter. And, and that's not mm. that's not a dig on them. No, no. I but I think, think that way. I, there's there's some limiting beliefs around money that I grew up with um, that I think shaped a lot of how I, how I viewed my own finances, my own financial life. Um, they were not business owners. They were trading time for dollars, you know, like for many sure. people do and doing the best they could, but there was never, um, I never felt like they looked beyond their own situation, which at times felt a little bit like just surviving, um, to see what, what else is possible. And, yeah. you know, the sacrifices they made for me and my sister in that time allowed us to go to college and from there build a life f for ourselves that, you know, f probably far exceeded their earning potential. So like forever grateful for that. But yeah, for I, sure. I do feel like there was some uh, need to spend money uh, rather than save it because they were trying to keep up with our friends and their parents who were taking nice vacations and they wanted all the things, but they didn't always have all the money to do that. And rather than letting them that lack of finances stop them, they just did it anyway. And so they went into debt. And so I think some of the financial lessons that I learned from them were like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. running the opposite direction. I guess that's what I mean when I say it's either I want to emulate you or I want to do something entirely different. Yeah. I think to their credit, my parents did a really good job of insulating us from anything that may have been difficult about yes. finances. I learned some of that as an adult, yeah. you know, when times were tougher or my dad was out of work because he, he had a union job and sometimes they were on strike. Um, and so it was I think there were definitely some times as I would when I was a child where I knew money was tighter than it had been. Right. You know, people taking side jobs and things like that to, to make some extra money for the holidays. But I, I think they they definitely protected us, as it sounds like your parents did. If there yeah. was anything happening, um, you know, with credit or otherwise that, you know, would have been a, a, an increased financial burden for the family. And, and that's what we as parents do. Right. But the flip side of that is that we I believe you and I are aiming as best we can to try to show our kids the positive side as well. I, I, one example came to mind for me this morning. I bet this is a common misunderstanding. Maybe it's generational, I don't know. But when I was a kid, I thought the stock market was something that rich people did. Right, totally. I had no idea <laughs> that, that people, normal people could invest in that and it would just be something that was a part of how you saved essentially. And, and I know that the sort of heyday of the 401k and these other plans you know, came a little later, but still, it's it was absolutely untrue that you had to be rich to invest in the stock market. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of what I mean when I say my parents didn't look outside of this kind of little sphere that was comfortable for them. And to be honest, I, I think it was because they couldn't, not even just because, well, they may have known about investing yeah. and maybe had a similar mindset, but also, you know, my parents had this thing called a Christmas club. I don't know if you're- Oh, parent. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't actually even know if that exists today or not, but it was a, 
you know, weekly or biweekly savings plan where you set a little bit aside from your paycheck every week throughout the year. And then you know, by the time it gets to be holiday shopping, you have a little pool of money that you can, you know, buy gifts for your, your family. And yep. as I look back on that, that that's just so different than the way I think you and I operate. And it's, it's so different than I like, I don't have that lesson to pass on to my kids. <laughs> like yeah. my kids are not seeing that kind of behavior modeled here. And a lot of how we are installing our operating system into our kids is just by, you know, the way we're acting, what we're doing. I mean, you yeah. retired before you're 50, <laughs> right? Like that has to say something to your daughter, right? She must have some view of that, right? Yeah. So it's kind of fun talking about this in the reverse order, because in my mind, there's, you know, kind of what we haven't talked about yet are the early stories where trying to explain things to my daughter and I feel like she didn't get it. But what she did get, it turns out, is just a few months ago, we were talking. I forget how the topic of money came up. We were on our way home from dinner. I remember it vividly. And she asked me just kind of out of the blue how much money we had <laughs> saved, what was our portfolio, basically. And for whatever reason, based on the way the conversation went, I just decided to tell her. Oh, right. she's okay. almost 16. Yeah, she probably has some relative idea. Of, I mean, some idea about the sort of relative scales of money, uh, yeah. although she's, you know, has very little like most teens. Um, and at that moment, I just watched her face light up and she was like, oh, I, uh, I get it now. <laughs> like, I'm like, what did you think? Like, I just stopped working. Just lazy. I, I, yeah, I'm just lazy. I don't I don't have any money. We're going to be in trouble in two years from now. And she was like, no, but I, I just had no idea. Um, and, and that made sense, right? We don't talk about that. I certainly don't want her to, you know, get the wrong idea about money or be boastful about it or, you know, anything to be weird. And so it was a good opportunity to talk in a little more detail, something we hadn't done before. Sure. But I honestly feel like until that moment, it hadn't clicked at all with her, the situation we were in, you know, how we got here with fire. And, and I'm glad that we finally had that conversation a year and a half after I stopped working. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I think of kids as being so hyper-focused on themselves, right? It's enough yeah. just to survive junior high school and high school completely, and, you know, navigate friends and relationships. And they're very rarely focused on their parents. And I remember, you know, sometimes focusing in on my parents when there was some acute thing that was happening in our life, you know, health issues, you know, as you're growing up, your, your parents are dealing with their parents getting sick. And I remember those moments, but man, I was pretty hyper-focused on myself. So honestly, it's not yeah. surprising that she didn't really come out no, and ask not. that. Have you and Laura talked about your net worth with your kids or what you have in terms of assets? So th this is how it kind of came up and it's not dissimilar to your story uh, about sharing it with your daughter um, because they were kind of wondering what's the deal with this early retirement kind of like, why is this just, just lazy? Oh, and, uh, they're like, <laughs> do you just hate your jobs? Like well, what's the deal? And so yeah. we, you know, we've been talking about this very openly now, but also in a way that we put some boundaries around it. Like these aren't yeah. numbers we share with anybody, right. but, um, we just, same. just so you know, like this is what the business is doing and this is what mom's doing with her lab and together that is meaningful to us, um, in a way that we can just make 
a different set of choices. And we would hope the same for you guys at some point. And again, it was like the optionality conversation. Like this just gives us a different set of options. And we have done this for a period of time where we want to try, we want to take, take a new option. And so as a part of that, we kind of felt obliged to share the number, um, you know, that we had currently saved and they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, were they surprised? Did they, Oh, they share were any opinions. They had it? no idea. They, they yeah. no. they, and again, I don't know even how much this sinks in with them, but yeah, it's a significant number to them, obviously. Um, sure. As it is to us, but I think it helped give some context that they, that they just had a different set of information. It's like your daughter, like that kind of light bulb moment going, okay, now I understand. And, but it did raise the broader conversation about, well, what does it mean to find fulfilling work? And it's okay if that changes over time, because I think our parents' generation, it was completely different, right? You you work a career, yeah, you stay in a job and it's not like that anymore. You know, as parents, and you can tell me if you feel similarly, but my goal is to kind of install a financial operating system in them yes. that I feel is just at a basic level is, is going to help them uh, be successful because I don't feel like I really had much of that. Like we talked about what our parents did for us. And I think those things are very, they're foundational, for but sure. they're, they're a little bit abstract in terms of, you know, application right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about particulars. I mean, if you wind back the clock, can you think of some of those early financial concepts and actions that you tried to convey to your kids as being valuable? I mean, I'm just going to be honest here. I don't feel like I was very good at this when my kids were younger. I feel like I was trying little things because I heard that they probably a good idea, like allowances, like, oh, maybe this is going to motivate them in some way. And we can have this money discussion. That never really worked. I didn't, I didn't have an allowance as a kid growing up, you know, and I know a lot of people use that as a tool with their kids, but I just, like, that didn't really work. I feel like, you know, Laura and I took on a bunch of debt, you know, we were paying off student loans. We were the kind of messy middle of your thirties where you're putting kids through daycare and just kind of surviving in the job and trying to ladder up and level up your salary. And I don't feel like we had this kind of financial mess. So I didn't feel like particularly equipped to say, Hey kids do what we're doing. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It was, it was only until I would say when I started my business and I really had to focus more on the financials that I started, I feel like the, that started bleeding into our personal life. And you know, when we talk about modeling behavior and teaching our kids things, they, they can't help but pay attention to that and see the stresses around money. Right. When I was a kid, there were stresses around money and I felt that. Uh, and my parents weren't sitting me down and saying, Hey, this is stressful. You could just feel it, you know? And yeah. I feel like some of that crept into our house and we very quickly were able to get it under control through budgeting and through saving and really trying to understand the fin- our financial picture in like real terms, because yeah. you have to, when you're running a business and you know, I think that also coincides with earning more money and you know, you and I are two people of extreme privilege here. And so it'd be crazy not to think that that had something to do with it too. You know, as you earn more, you have more white space to sit down and say, okay, yeah, what kind of financial map do I want to create? And then once you create one and you start learning these things, you naturally want to show your kids too. Um, I mean, is that how it worked for you too? Or did, 
did, did like did you try in fits and starts? Or I did. Yeah. You know, I I, ha- I just remember having this idea, and I, I'm sure I picked it up from another podcast or something. Yeah. I think my daughter was probably nine or ten years old, so maybe a little <laughs> young. But hey, I was led to believe this would work. I had this idea that you know when money comes in for you know holidays or birthdays or whatever, she earns it. You know, for doing jobs around the house, whatever. That this would be a good opportunity to impart uh, good financial lessons. For example, maybe you you know spend. 20% of that money, you <laughs> save 70% of that money, and then you donate 10% of that money to some sure, cause pal. you care about yeah. animals or something. I just remember presenting that, and both like Arwen and Lori, our, you know, my wife and my daughter were like, what? Like, <laughs> she's got a $20 no. bill. She's got gifts to spend for. <laughs> Not going to do that. Thanks. Uh, so that wasn't interesting. But what did work is shortly thereafter, uh, maybe it's around the same period of time, within a year. Uh, we started, uh, you know, that, you know, savings account typical that, you know, that you have for kids, you know, sure. you and I talked about it, having the little passbook savings account. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's all online now. So it's a little less interesting, but she was really good about saving her money. She, money would come in. She would, wouldn't have anything in mind. She wanted to spend it on and would give it to me. And then I would just, you know, transfer money into her account and she would periodically ask me how much was in there. Yeah. And you know, over the years, there were several times where she saved explicitly for something she cared about, whether it was a new book series, one time a ridiculously overpriced gaming chair from some YouTuber, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I was impressed that that she kind of got that discipline of saving for something you care about and then only when you have enough, you know, asking to get it. And so whether that behavior, you know, kind of rubbed off from an example or not, uh, I can't claim credit, but it did make me feel good that some of the stuff we talked about, as much as you can talk about <laughs> banking yeah. with kids, may have stuck. Um, so kid, that's like one success I can think of kind of early on. Yeah, my I, my kids came to the savings account uh, a little bit later. Um, okay. Savings account and checking account. So we opened both at the same time. And I, f- I do feel like that is the point where you can kind of have the sit down like, arm around son and say, Hey, this is a big responsibility. You know, yeah. I, in, in fact, um, when both my kids opened checking accounts, they, we had to get special permission to do it from the bank, which is, I don't know, it's kind of crazy, but really uh, they're minors. So yeah. they don't want them writing checks. And you know, I'm like, well, they're going to get a debit card like one way or the other. So either I'm going to do it through this bank or I'm going to go somewhere else and do it. Yeah. So we, they both have debit cards and that's the, that's the point where it's, you start having these conversations and my oldest is a very different spender than my youngest. And yeah. you know, the old, my older son will any dollar that comes in, it's basically already been spent. You know, as soon as it hits his bank account, it's out, the, out the door. Yeah. And of course you're older, you have truck, you got gas expenses, you know, you're going on dates and all these, all the social life things that follow around. So that makes sense. But his personality has always been that way. He has not been okay. like we open the savings account, checking account. There's hardly anything in it. <laughs> <laughs> the younger one, who is naturally a saver, his his is chock full. I mean, he's he saves every and to his detriment. I mean, he's like kind of miserly. Yeah. And so it's just funny because you, you and I talking about this like. <laughs> I'm not installing any kind of financial operating system into, into that that makes any sense. So where do they get it from? Like, what what does that come from? I mean, they saw us spend money for sure. And now yeah. the younger one sees us saving money. I mean, that 
hopefully both of them see us saving money, but one is a spendy personality and there's nothing yeah. we can do about it, man. It's so No, weird. I mean, I think like anything, right? It's nature versus nurture. There, there's, we have innate personalities and tendencies. And then you have the, as you always like to refer to, right? The operating system that you're raised with and that they're always going to express themselves yeah, first and foremost, sure. irrespective yeah. of what you teach them. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I suspect you have, um, since they work, do they have Roth IRAs and, and like, how did that process go? And have they seen the merit of it given what the market has done in recent years? Tell me about that. I feel like work is one of those really important waypoints in, in the ch a chance that you have with your kids to really, um, help them. And, and that's where I feel like we've done an okay job. Like if they want something now that they're teenagers, they're expected to work and earn money to get the thing that they want. And so yep. they'll both do that. And, and this is where the value of hard, hard work comes in. Um, and what I like about kids having a job is that it's a real visceral connection to the value of your time. You know, yeah. what is your time worth? So my youngest son has worked for me for a couple of years, a couple of summers in the business. He's done that for two summers now. And next summer, he's going to go off and do something else. And my oldest son has worked for a couple. He's worked at various jobs, washing dishes. He's worked for the past couple of years for a tree service. So he's working hard for his money. And at the end of the summer, we have the conversation about what are you going to save? Like, it's right. not even a question. Like, you're going to save something. And it's just a matter of how much that is. And, right. you know, we didn't do the kind of 20%, do this, donate that. It was none of that. It was like, there's a portion of this that's going to get saved. And if you choose to save a portion of that, I will match it. Um, and so, of course, the younger one decides to save like almost all of it. <laughs> yep. And the older ones, like for the first year, he saved a good chunk, like like 50%. Um, because I think he wanted to make me happy. <laughs> and then the second year he saved zero. Yep. So, um, but I think savings for kids in particular kids who are, have earned income, it makes perfect sense to throw it in a Roth IRA. And so that sure. was a good learning opportunity, a, a teaching moment, you know, like here's, let's go open up Roth IRA for both of you guys. And here's why you're going to do it because you're going to be, you're paying zero tax, so you're earning the money tax-free essentially, and you're putting it in the Roth and it will grow with compounded interest forever uh, tax-free. Um, and so I feel like they heard that, you know, and That's good. the younger one and I check in with it very uh, regularly and the older one <laughs> couldn't care less. Yeah, He's like, yeah. I mean, no, but can I, when can I get that money? He says to me, it's like, <laughs> like can I borrow that? <laughs> the last money you get in your life was your Roth IRA. Oh man. All so, right. So let, let me share my idea. Cause I, I, mine's only a half victory and I got this idea. It's, it's related to yours, but, but our daughter doesn't have any earned income. So a Roth is out of the question right yeah, now. Right. Uh, what we did do is open a UTMA account. So okay. a custodial account okay. that we could invest in. And I think, I got the concept off of the Money Guy show, but effectively, I also proposed this idea of matching funds. So I said, look, oh. we're gonna put this money in your account and it's gonna grow. And it's gonna, and I even got, and made a very simple graph. I, I drew it on paper. I didn't pull out spreadsheets. That's immediately, <laughs> immediately gonna have the opposite reaction than I want. But I just drew a graph and said, you know, 20 years, it could look like this. 
And it's a big number, right? With compounding interest, yeah. all invested in, you know, aggressive, you know, stock portfolio, you know, just S&P 500, right? Bitcoin. Um, and showed her that and said, anything you put into this, I will match 100% up to, I picked some ludicrous number that, you know, she's not going to even earn that high. And for a little while, she did put some in. She put a portion of like gift money she got you know, for the holidays or for her grades, you know, one relative gives her money for good grades. I was going to say, you don't pay her for good grades, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> but then it, but then it stopped that she wasn't doing it anymore. And I brought it up a couple of times and she wasn't interested. And so what I did recently was showed her the balance on that account. And of course it's increased by like 50% since that we started. Yeah, totally. I was like, look at this. And so <laughs> she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, remember how the graph, like that's what's going to happen. And I said, and this is your money. This is a custodial account. Like that money I put in there is yours. I can't so even touch it. <laughs> you can use this for whatever you want. You want to have some some crazy, stupid blowout wedding? I'm not going to pay for that. I tell you right now that dad's not paying for a $50,000 right. wedding. Like, I guarantee you that much. Um, but you can. You want to take all the money and put it on that wedding? Go ahead. Uh, you want to save it for a down payment on your first house? That's that sounds better to me. Whatever you want, this money is yours. But just remember, <laughs> earlier you add to it, the more it's going to be worth later. And so right. my hope, now that she's seen this growth, which of course is not guaranteed in the future, um, that when she does start working, gets a car, starts working, things we're talking about now, maybe she'll start contributing again. I wouldn't say I'm overly optimistic. <laughs> I remember what I was like as a teenager, and while I was putting money in the bank for college. Um, I wasn't putting all of it away. What's the what's the plan for 529s? You've you okay. funded 529, right? Yeah, so let's talk about that. Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Fi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. Two Sides of Fi.